Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I have my fabulous co-host, Rebecca Chalon, here with me today. How are you doing, Rebecca? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. It's sunny in Vancouver, so I'm a happy girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you've brought along uh, our guest today, and I'm really impressed after reading her bio and checking out her website. She's an entrepreneur, and she's a passionate singer here in Vancouver. Uh, her name is Tishana Sihata. I, I'm t- tell me if I'm saying that right again, love. I'm so sorry. Was it Sihata? <laughs> Tishana Sihata. Sihata. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. I kept repeating it, and I keep making that same mistake, so thank you for correcting me. Um, so I understand you were in the, the Canadian National Karaoke Champion, and you were a top 10 world finalist, which is incredible, because I can't even sing Happy Birthday without people grimacing, so I'm super <laughs> jealous. Um, I also think it's very cool. Your 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 company that you uh, created is all about karaoke, which never invite me because I will break the system, but I love that because I love singing only in the shower by myself. Uh, and it's so cool that you want to expand and, and grow. And and I know that you're uh, also passionate about something that has to do a lot with mental health, which is what we're passionate about here at Team Health Radio, which is abandonment trauma. So, uh, Rebecca, I'm going to let you take it away because she's your friend. And I'm just going to mute my mic and sit back and listen because this is very <laughs> exciting. So thank you both for being here today. No worries. Well, Tashona, thank you for joining us. Like, yeah. I'm really excited to have you. Like as Brandy said, you are one of my really close friends and I've had the pleasure of watching you grow and just do incredible things. And I love having you as an influence in my life. Um, if anyone needs a strong, empowered woman to follow, make sure you follow her on Instagram and everything like, like that because I definitely benefit a lot from her friendship. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things from you. But um, why don't you tell um, everyone a little bit about yourself, how you grew up, all that sort of thing, just so they can get to know you a little bit as well. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, let's let's do this chronologically. Um, so <laughs> I, I was born and raised in Vancouver. Um, I lived with both my parents until I was about five years old, and then I lived primarily with my mom. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've lived in Vancouver my whole life, with the exception of one year I lived on the island in Victoria. Um, and through high school, uh, I played a lot of volleyball, <laughs> and then I ha- kind of had to choose between volleyball and music, and I decided I wasn't going to be a professional volleyball player, so... Um, yeah, I, uh, got really into music in high school and, um, that's kind of how I ended up where I am now with owning an event entertainment company that focuses on karaoke. Yeah. I'm really glad you chose music because you have the voice of an angel. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a pleasure to watch you um, sing. And you said like with your company as well, you want to expand and everything. And yeah, I mean, I've been working over the last five years on expanding throughout the lower mainland. Um, and I have been considering, um, you know, life elsewhere just to experience something new and kind of, you know, get a bigger box to live in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, let's go back to like, you know, you started from the beginning and you mentioned that um, you lived primarily with your mother at five. Am I correct in assuming that this is 
this is sort of the beginnings of abandonment trauma for you and, and what you want to speak about today. Yeah, that uh, that's definitely, you know, kind of the beginning of where things, I think it like five is kind of where I was living primarily with my mom. Um, the issues surrounding that kind of started when I was around four and just went right through until, uh, until the end of high school, pretty much. And, you know, I still deal with the repercussions of all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's sort of uh, figure out what a working definition is of abandonment trauma so that we can put it into context before we really delve into all of that stuff. So how would you define abandonment trauma? Like, what does this mean to you? Yeah, um, so when you look at abandonment trauma, it usually gets categorized as being like post-traumatic stress disorder uh, in relation to abandonment issues. And so when you are a kid, you know, you, you develop bonds with your parents, with your, you know, whoever your caregivers, your grandparents, your friends and family um and um when when you have something happen like that's where you start to develop like healthy connections and how to like relate to people how to build healthy relationships um and so when something traumatic in regards to that happens it does affect you as you continue to grow and you do have residual issues most of the time in relation to that so, yeah, so basically, like, it's it's trauma attached to abandonment. Yeah. <laughs> I, see. I see. Well, that, that makes it kind of easier um, to, to sort of get that working definition. So um, what about, like, your personal experience? What What is abandonment trauma, trauma for you? Like, what is your personal story, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, for me, when I was, you know, around four or five, um, my father developed a lot of addiction issues, or I guess they had been pre-existing that hadn't really come to the forefront until around then, um, which is when it really started causing issues. And so I remember being four years old and he had been in a rehab clinic mm-hmm. and he was gone for, I don't, I, I have no idea how long he was gone now, <laughs> but it, it was a long time. And I do remember, uh, you know, talking on the phone with him one night and just crying because I was so convinced that he wasn't at home because of something to do with me. Mm-hmm. I like I didn't understand what addiction was or why he wasn't around, right? Yeah. And so that for me I think is very much where my issues stem from is that uh, that you know that feeling of unimportance or like needing that approval because mm-hmm. I've got a lot of that have had a lot of that uh, that I've dealt with throughout the rest of my life. Mm. Those are some pretty, you know, intense issues and a lot of people, you know, they they might be feeling that they relate to some of the things that you're saying and how they're feeling, but they may not have attached it to something like um, abandonment yet. Um, so how did you sort of figure out that that's what the root of the cause was for you? Um, so for me, I mean, I didn't really recognize what it was until I started counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I've only been in counseling for about a year and a half now. Um, and I went into counseling for unrelated issues <laughs> um, and <clears throat> learned a lot about myself while I was there. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about the things that I dealt with in high school. I have a lot of um, anxiety when it comes to developing relationships with people um, because like, I'm constantly questioning um, where I actually stand in somebody's life. Um, and mm-hmm. I there's always like the, the in the back of my mind, there's always like an ulterior motive like thing going on um in terms of like what other people are thinking Mm -hmm. when they're around me so I I definitely have a lot of trust issues (laughs) Uh, but I'm I am learning how to work with that you know I'm trying to uh be cognizant of that and try to take 
what people say and do at face value, right? Like, you know, people tend to show you who they are and you just have to believe them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's like a huge thing. I That's something that I've been told a lot in my life that I just, you know, it takes a while to click. Like when people show you who they are, you need to believe them. Yes. Whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like the, to, to go further with that, like to, to attach that saying to an abandonment trauma um, sort of context, that would be particularly hard because with abandonment trauma is, is you're assigning that guilt to yourself yes. because of they've shown you who they are, but then they, tr- you, you try and make it your fault kind of thing. So that would be even more layers kind of thing. Yes. So like, how, <laughs> like, how did you sort of go about, um, you know, once you identified the fact that, you know, this is kind of where most of your, um, you know, your mental health issues and things like that have stemmed from, how did you go about like trying to like workshop that and, and get through it? I'm still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, issues that have come up for me specifically in the last year or so um, where, you know, my, my immediate impulse is to like, like you said, Mm -hmm. to take the blame for what it is that's going on, because if I take it on, then I can control it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's the other thing is a lot of abandonment trauma has to do with the fact that you don't have control over what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I try to, you know, be kind to myself (laughs) and like, uh, not, not accept that. Um, I'm getting a lot better at recognizing, what is and isn't okay in terms of the way that I'm treated by people and, and the way that I treat people. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I know that, um, as a result of a lot of this, I do have control issues. Um, and I'm very mindful of it and I can feel when it's happening. And that's kind of when I just disconnect and I like try to reset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, I mean, in, in your case as well, you know, you're talking about from when you're five years old and that's so young and so impressionable. It's probably like hardwired into your brain by then. Like, do you, like, what, what's your message here? Like, is it possible to, to even rewire it when it's that far away and things like that? Like, is, are you finding it easy or really really difficult to like work through it like what how can we talk to the people out there maybe experiencing some of the same things it is difficult um I mean there's no there's no easy way around anything like when you have things like that that come from your childhood and they are hardwired into you like that um it definitely takes it's a lot it's a lot easier to make a knot than it is to untie it right Mm -hmm. um but every you can untangle any knot Mm -hmm. it's just you have to put in the work and the time Um, and the biggest thing, like with me, I know that the biggest thing has been taking a moment to breathe Mm -hmm. and just pause. Um, that was something that my counselor passed on to me is like, you can't always deal with things immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's a trauma response that I have as well Is like, if something goes wrong, I am trying to correct it immediately. So it doesn't get worse, but you can't always do that. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, recognition is the big thing. Um, but once you, once you're aware of it, it's, it becomes a lot easier to, uh, Mm -hmm. to manage. I think that's a really important point that you bring up. It's, it's really just a matter of self-awareness. So, um, if you start to become like a little bit aware of, of triggers you may have that you're recognizing behaviors that happen when you see certain things and all that sort of stuff, it begins with just that moment of awareness and knowing that like, okay, this is something I do. And then the willingness to explore that. Yes. Yeah. 
because I think a lot of people will stop at awareness and just kind of go like, okay, well, I know I do that, but that's a thing that I do deal with it. Yes. (laughs) I actually have run into this problem with a lot of people that I have been close to where, um, you know, you, for me, a big thing is I, I have a really hard time ending negative relationships. Um, because I, like being on the other end of that, I don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to cause that for someone else, but I can't hold myself responsible for the actions of somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I, I've, I've, uh, had a lot of friends where, um, you know, we've had, we've run into issues and they've basically just brushed it off as, well, that's who I am and I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. And that is very toxic. It um, is. <laughs> it's like the most frustrating thing ever to hear when you're like hey this hurt my feelings and they're like well that's just what I do yeah (laughs) like who says that yeah um and you know I mean a lot of people are at different stages when it comes to you know their own uh, their own self-reflection and their own you know mental health journeys um but the work still has to be done and Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but the important thing to know there is just, you know, you have the awareness and awareness is the first step. It's not the only step. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. But um, so you would say that a counselor has been like, I guess, very helpful in in this journey. Do you think you would have been able to identify any of this without a counselor or? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe eventually. The thing is, is like my counselor, she's been incredible because I tell her what's going on and she's really good at rephrasing what I've said so that it makes sense Mm -hmm. and like so sometimes like I I will have had those thoughts that she's you know explained to me but it doesn't make sense with what I know and Mm -hmm. so she has given me the tools to be able to like recognize something and see it as what it actually is as opposed to what my idea of what it is Mm -hmm. right um so I might have come to those conclusions on my own but I wouldn't have known how to handle them yeah. Yeah. I think how, how have you handled sort of the stigma around counseling? Like when you first went to, uh, counseling, did you feel like it was a positive thing you were doing or like, how did you feel? Uh, it's a little complicated because, <laughs> uh, you know, I got into counseling because, um, it, it was, it was marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason that we were there was, uh, not something that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I mean, I did want to talk about it. That's that's a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to talk about it, but um, I I felt ashamed for something that my partner had done, and so that made it difficult to be able to have those conversations. But once we were in a safe place where we felt like we were being heard and able to unpack, mm-hmm. um, it it just got so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. So that's I think that happens a lot though for people as well. Like they go in for something completely unrelated, and then it, it's easier to unpack. And once you get used to going, like they actually find the things that make you the way you are. Like yeah. they, I, I've read so many articles where they're just like, oh yeah, every single um, you know mental health issue and things like that relates to something that happened in your childhood and a childhood trauma, and like you know. I, I had a pretty good like childhood and things like that. So when someone says that to me, I, I tend to get sort of defensive because I'm like, um, excuse me, no, I had a great childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with the way I grew up, but it's not that at all. Um, it's not about, 
you must have had some hugely, you know, stereotypically traumatic thing happen to you or your parents are bad or like anything like that. It, it doesn't actually mean that. It's just it just is the way the cookie crumbles. Like it's something that happened when you were a child and you've learned how to process something unhealthily. And that's, and that has like what your body has like built on. And I really think trauma like is held in the body as well. Like you you see like in, in the way like our muscles react, like you recoil or something like that, or, or you have nightmares and stuff. But yeah, bottom line is like, (laughs) it's not actually, oh, you're telling someone something's wrong with you and you had a bad childhood or whatever. It's just identifying where you first formed patterns that you keep doing now that aren't working for you yes kind of thing but yeah I think that was like that was like an eye-opener for me because I was just like oh yeah like I guess there are things that we definitely need to unpack <laughs> about my <Yeah>. childhood and, <laughs> and parenthood and all that sort of thing and it's it's by no means saying that my parents are bad people like at all because yeah. they're amazing people it's just you know this this is where you learn things from it's your environment and yeah. that's just yeah yeah, um, I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's important to recognize as well. You know, there is this uh, this stigma around mental health, um, and it is getting better, right? You know, people are becoming more aware, and I will give that to the youth of today. Like they're mm-hmm. so pro mental health, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a matter of knowing how to go about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, there is still this stigma around it. There is still a lot of uh, you know. Uh, people just have this idea that if you're in counseling, it means that something's wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really unhealthy way to look at counseling Mm -hmm. because um, for me, like when I was in counseling uh, in the beginning, um, it was very easy for me to actually talk about the fact that I was in counseling with other people because I just, um, I had this idea that uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't run your car into the ground before taking it in for servicing. That is a very, very good point. And I think we will unpack that a little bit more after this very short break. Cool. (laughs) The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, everyone. Welcome back. You are talking with Rebecca Shalon and Tashana Sahada. Um, so we, we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff today and, you know, um, definitely just want to thank you again for coming in and sharing your story and being vulnerable, um, with us. We're talking about abandonment trauma and all things related to that. Um, before we left on the break, you were, you had a little bit of a, an insight for us about likening your body to a car. Do you want to like repeat that and, um, expand on that? Cause I liked that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when I started going to counseling, uh, it actually made it really easy for me to talk about the fact that I was in counseling and actually it's been really easy for me to talk to my friends who I you know would benefit from Mm -hmm. being in counseling who think that it's wrong you know it means that something's wrong with them um the analogy I like to use is that um you know if you have a car um you don't wait until your car completely breaks down before you take it in to see a mechanic Mm -hmm. right um you go in for regular servicing you get your oil changed you you know you rotate your tires whatever you got to (laughs) do to make sure that your car isn't going to break down and that's kind of how I look at mental health as well Mm. um and so you know I I do try to explain that to a lot of people because there there is that stigma around it that Mm -hmm. makes people feel like something's wrong with me Mm. and um in a lot of ways, you really want uh, your mental health journey uh, not to just be corrective, but also mm. preventive. I I agree. It's not necessarily about like fixing what's wrong. It's just about giving you tools in life so that you're able to handle whatever comes at you. Exactly. Kind of thing. You know, the upgrades to the car. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But, yeah. um, yeah, and you know, I'm definitely going to vouch for the fact that like, uh, you being in counseling has definitely helped me for when I need counseling because you've definitely got a nice, um, toolkit. And, you know, I think, um, a lot of the times people, again, it's just like, well, I've got the tools. I don't need, I don't need someone to show me how to use them, but in knowing how to use something is very different to like, just knowing what they are, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have somebody show me how to properly use like a drill, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't be able to put up my own shelves. Yeah. So <laughs> I got put up my own. But um, no, I love that you're so independent and everything as well. And I, you know, in in knowing how independent you are, I think it would have been challenging for you to actually go into counseling to begin with because you do handle a lot of things yourself. And do do you think that that is? something that stems from abandonment trauma where you're like, I can take care of this by myself kind of thing. Don't want to rely on anyone. Yes, actually. Um, so when I went into counseling last year, it was very much like I recognize now that going into counseling wasn't even about me. 
it was mm-hmm. there to like save my relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I was a teenager, there was a lot of stuff going on like with my brother and family related stuff. Um, and I did an intake with a counselor and then I just never went back because mm-hmm. I felt like I could just handle it on my own. I didn't need to open up in that way to somebody else. And I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I can totally handle things on my own, but sometimes it's, you, you have to get comfortable with the idea that you don't always have to carry the weight yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it also makes it easier when you have somebody else kind of explain to you how you can make your bag lighter. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's really important. Um, another important thing as well as, uh, recognizing like specifically when we're talking about abandonment trauma, kind of how it manifests in people. Mm-hmm. Like for me, um, you know, we've covered already, like I, I have, uh, incredible anxiety when it comes to my relationships with people. Um, which I am getting better at, mm-hmm. but um, for a lot of people, it results in you know um, other addiction issues. It results in um... oh. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it that's the thing is it, it manifests in so many different mm-hmm. ways. Um, but like yeah, addiction issues, anxiety and depression are like the top three mm-hmm. um, because they're basically just trying to fill a hole, right? Mm-hmm. For that missing piece. Um, and it's not even a missing piece. It's just, it just needs a little care. Mm -hmm. Well, I think as well, like when we talk about abandonment, we often, you know, yours, yours started, uh, for when your, your father left, Mm -hmm. but, um, do you, are they, is it tied specifically to your father or is it other things that you experienced like? through it kind of it's <laughs> so it definitely started with him yeah. um but it did not end there um you know when I was in high school heck when I was in elementary school I had a lot of uh, issues amongst my classmates because kids are mean it's just mm-hmm. it's the way that it is um it's unfortunate but kids are mean mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know I've always I've always gotten along with everyone and um one thing that I I do recognize in myself as a lot of the time I have been afraid to vocalize how I'm actually feeling about something or what my opinion is on something because I don't want to upset somebody else and, you know, ostracize myself, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is uh, what I went through a lot in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a period of time when I was 14 where my core group of friends just out of nowhere for no, the, the reason, the turning point was that I befriended a new girl. Mm-hmm. And my closest friend amongst our like core friend group was very jealous. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I came into school one day and none of them would talk to me. And there was no reason for it except that I had been friends with this other girl. Mm-hmm. And that was um, that was really hard because yeah. um, it was, you know, through no fault of my own. I was doing what to me was the right thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, I paid a price for it. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, now, like <laughs> now I stand up for whatever the heck I want and yeah. I don't care what anybody says, but when Love you're a that. teenager, that's so hard because again, like even in your teens, you, you know, you're, you're growing, you're developing. That's a very core part of who you are and who you yeah. become. Um, so any sort of trauma that you deal with when you're a teenager is going to be, uh, really difficult to deal with as well because you got all those emotions going on and it's mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> I agree and like your your whole world is kind of like told to you as it's it's your social circle and the things that you're doing. It's, yes. And you kind of 
think there's nothing outside of that. But the the reason why I kind of ask that question is because I think a lot of the time with abandonment trauma as well, like we we sort of assign it to, okay, it's a divorce or it's um, this person leaving and things like that. But it, it manifests in other situations, like as you're saying with your friendship group and things like that. It's not necessarily about like a physical act of like someone leaving. It's about the um, the the feeling of being alone and yes. and. The, the internal things that happen you you can be surrounded by people and have like a loving happy family um and still have issues that relate to like abandonment trauma I feel yeah um and I mean abandonment trauma results in you know the feeling like you're unimportant or feeling like you're unsafe mm-hmm. or you know things along those lines um because mm-hmm. you don't have that solid foundation of you know um as a kid I knew that if I had a problem I could go to my mom mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but that's the only solid trust line that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And even there, like, you know, there were issues growing up where, um, you with my siblings, right. Mm -hmm. I I would get into a fight with my brother and I was older. So it was my fault. Right. And so like, even that, you know, it kind of wavers that line of trust that I have Mm -hmm. with the person that I trust the most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, it just, it makes every other connection that I've had, uh, you know, it makes sense. Mm. <laughs> it's not good, but it makes sense that I have those trust issues, yeah. right? uh, which just makes it easier to, to correct. Yeah, it, it is. It's so interesting here you talk about this because it's true. Like all the things you're learning, like um, when when you're that young, it's those like single lines of, of communication and things like that. When every single thing that you're learning becomes the most important thing in your life and it becomes something that you attach a sense of self to and, and it, it becomes really scary to mess with that. Um, so I don't know. It's just like really interesting because we do so much of our growing when we're little and we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Why does life work this way? That's terrifying. Well, and that's the whole thing, right? Like, um, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. seen a few people say that, you know, we still pay for the sins of our parents mm-hmm. and, you know, um, I don't really believe it as being a sin, but, um, we, we do like the fact that, you know, our parents probably weren't in counseling. Yeah. Ever, right. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know anybody whose parents went yeah. through healthy counseling before having kids. Yeah. Right. And so you get their trauma on top of yours. Mm-hmm, like you, mm-hmm. you you know, and everybody has this idea when they have kids as well. Like I'm I grew up like this, so I'm not gonna you know, I'm not going to do that to my kids. I'm going to mm. do something else that's going to cause them trauma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then you end up with, like, a whole other barrel that just nobody really knows how to deal with, and that's why you go to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you, we've been pretty strong on this, but it really does get down to that. Like, you go to a counselor whether you think you need one, and I'm doing air quotations for the people that yeah. need one or not. Like, you, yeah. you've got to um, do that. But, um, Brandy, you've been a quiet do you want to jump in with a question or anything i do i do i'm loving the story so much but i had uh, uh one thing that i was thinking about for for our listeners um when you're talking about parents and how they're like oh i won't do this when i'm a parent uh, for all, all the teens out there listening um if you're frustrated with your parent <laughs> and wishing you could teach them just remember that your parents are people too and mm-hmm. they're making all the same mistakes you are and they've made some of the same mistakes you are and the only reason why they're being a pain in the butt most of the time is because they've made those same mistakes and they're also trying to figure it out like I always grew up thinking oh my mom and my dad have all the answers well now that I'm an adult I sure know that they don't and and so right. I think we're, we put them our 
parents in this spot where we think they have all the answers and they're always going to be right. And as much as they're trying to for the better of their kids, they're just humans too. And they're still making all the same mistakes. I mean, I was talking to my grandma who's now in her 90s and she's like, I still have those days where I don't have the self-esteem or I still make yeah. mistakes and I talk to my husband or how we should talk to our kids who have their own kids, you know? So just try and remember that we're all kind of in this together, yeah. even though we feel so separate and your parents are human too. And I love that you guys we're talking about that, but I just wanted to remind our listeners that because I think we forget oh, that sometimes, yeah. you know? That is, I, that's <laughs> totally an important point. I honestly feel like the very first time I ever felt like scared of the world and a little bit, you know, fallible was like um, when I realized that everyone was human and you just, and it, this was kind of yeah. like a thing that happened like in university, right? Like when I was learning and becoming qualified in my degree and stuff. And I realized that this is what every other person is. And it's like, when you're younger, you, you grow up and you, you think mom and dad have the answers or like when you're sick, you go to the doctor and the doctor will be able to fix you because the doctor knows everything. Yeah. And then you get older and you're like, Oh my God, the doctor is a med student <laughs> who was hung over last night and has no idea. They Googled this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're all just going through life completely clueless. Um, and it goes back to that point you made where, you know, awareness is the first step. And once you have that self-awareness, You've, you've got to take it further you've got to you've got to do the work and and delve into it deeper so that you can become a better person for everybody around you not just yeah. for yourself yeah and I mean the most important thing um that I have taken especially you know with my counseling adventure um has been effective ways to communicate with people mm -hmm. right um you have to know like how people are going to be receptive if they're going to be receptive and how to have those conversations um, and I think that is a major difference when you look at my two parents, my mom, I can have those conversations mm -hmm. with and She's not always going to react the way I want her to, but she will take that information in and we'll mm -hmm. have a conversation about it. Um, whereas my father is just a write off because yeah. it, you can have, yeah, I remember when I was a teenager, um, he did something that was really upsetting to me and I, mm -hmm. you know, I told him that I wasn't happy about the way that he handled it. And his reaction was to, you know, he flipped a table. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That's, I'm um, sorry. That's a little bit scary. I'm sorry you went through but that. But that's all, like, that's all his own stuff, right? But I mm -hmm. carried a lot of that um, with me for years mm -hmm. um, before I, you know, came to terms with the fact that it's not my fault. That's mm -hmm. just the fact that he has not learned how to deal with his own issues, right? Yeah. Um, and it's so fascinating to me because, like, um, I remember the first time I saw my mom cry. Mm -hmm. um, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I was four. And it was because I said something mean to her <laughs> and I remember her crying and I remember being like, grownups are not supposed to cry, <laughs> yeah. um, which is so false because I cry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm beginning um, to think it's my natural state. <laughs> like, to yeah. Quarantine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really makes you face yourself, you know, yeah, having all this, uh, this extra time to be alone with like you mm -hmm. it's uh it's definitely difficult um but yeah I mean my mom is like one of my best friends mm -hmm. um even when she frustrates me she is still like I know that I at the end of the day I can count on her it's just uh it's always incredible to me because out of everybody in my family I'm definitely the one that has had the most extensive mental health journey mm -hmm. um, so far, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a few other people are now in counseling, 
but um, there's always that bit of resistance that I detect when, mm-hmm. you know, they talk to me about stuff that they've been dealing with. Um, but even like with me talking to my mom about stuff and like trying to educate her and I'm like, wow, this is backwards. <laughs> I, I was supposed to learn these lessons from you. <laughs> yeah. But it goes back to that whole thing is like, they're all people and they're all at different stages and, you know, we, we can't, expect them to do to do yeah. all these things and you know going back to like what you said with um your father's reaction you know having not be a reflection on you or anything it's a reflection on his stuff and it's important again with the awareness there mm-hmm. um but there's a difference between like understanding and taking it on like you understood yes. his reaction but that by no means means that you need to take it on or accept that you can eliminate that behavior and and take the steps to protect yourself. You don't have to accept it. Yeah. Which is where I am now, but it's definitely not where I was when I was 16. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cause you kind of think that like everything you're presented with, you have to deal with it and you have to like take it on. And now, now it's your responsibility, which is, is not, I think that's something that you learn at counseling is being able to recognize when to say no and how to say no and that it's okay to say no and and separate yourself from that and and from the trauma kind of thing like not every situation is going to give you closure unfortunately and that is that is a really hard lesson to learn I think it's one that you have to continually learn because you'll learn it once and be like okay but that situation fine but then when the next one comes you're like but I I get closure right yeah (laughs) I end up in that situation more than I am happy about (laughs) But yeah, um, I think one thing that has helped me in terms of like my my relationships with people, um, one analogy that my counselor actually gave me was that, um, you know, everybody has their own garden to tend Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's okay to ask, you know, it is okay to ask for help with watering, Mm -hmm. but you are still expected to take care of your own garden box. Right. And so you, you can't take responsibility for somebody else's because that means you're giving less attention to yours. And so at the end of the day, whatever happens to that person's garden box is theirs to deal with. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I ended up at with, you know, my father, for example. Yeah. Right. And many other people, but some things just aren't meant for you. <laughs> yeah, so please take care of your guy. I love that, like, right before the breaks, you're leaving with, like, these awesome analogies. We'll come so, back. <laughs> so we're going to come back to this. Everybody think about tending your own gardens. Yeah. But we will be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. 
Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. The exact same as your head. Hi, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Teen Wealth Radio. You are here with Rebecca, Shalon, and Tashana Sahara. And Brandy is lurking somewhere. She is around. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're steering the ship right now. But we've been talking about um, abandonment trauma, and it's it's quite a big and heavy issue. And, um, like, it's it's a lot to deal with. And, you know, we thank you for coming on and being brave enough to share this and and talk about like your experiences do you do you want to give like a little bit of a recap like talk about a little bit more about like how um how this journey has been for you and how it's important it's been for you uh yeah I mean it's been really hard (laughs) because the thing is you know we were talking about earlier um having to learn these lessons repeatedly Mm. because I clearly do not learn the first go around (laughs) and I don't think a lot of people do when it comes to especially when it comes to like mental health stuff like you're gonna make that same mistake over and over and over legit it's like the I am Groot syndrome (laughs) yes I am Groot (laughs) yes um so uh yeah I mean like I've I've gone through the same thing I I, you know I I tend to make friends Mm. with the same kind of people I tend to date the same kind of guys I Mm. you know um and I'm getting better at that (laughs) (laughs) um but I mean you do what you know right and I think that that's uh that's a major thing that a lot of people don't understand is like you, you can see, especially when you look at your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't even think about yourself in this regard. Think about when you look at your friends and you see your friends, you know, um, using relationships as an mm-hmm. example, dating the same kind of person over and over again. Um, but, I can't but help but feel just a little, <laughs> a little attached to <laughs> Just, you know, it's the same thing wrapped up in different paper, right? Yeah. Um, and eventually, like, it, it, it's frustrating. It is so frustrating to see. But it's also frustrating to see in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now is, like, for me, I, I've learned the lessons. Yeah. Now I have to practice them. Yeah. Still not great at it. Yeah. <laughs> but getting a lot faster at recognizing yeah. red flags, um, 
And, you know, that's that's a big thing when it comes mm-hmm. to abandonment issues is I want to believe the best in everybody, mm-hmm. even though they're handing me a blanket made out of all the red flags that they've yeah. shown up yeah. with, you know? Yeah. So, and you're like, ooh, pretty, I love red. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, yeah, it's like like we were talking about earlier, everybody has their own issues um, and they all manifest in different ways. Right. And so um, it's really easy to just kind of write off somebody's behavior as, Oh, that's just this, but that doesn't mean you have to accept it. And it Mm -hmm. becomes even harder when you have abandonment trauma Mm -hmm. to, to start writing it off in that way. Yeah. Um, You know, like I, I've, uh, I've recently uh, over the last year or so since counseling, yeah. <laughs> um, I've recently started being able to terminate those toxic relationships mm-hmm. um, simply because I'm not happy. And I was never able to do that before. Yeah. I would, you know, and that's where a lot of the heartache that I've had to deal with has come from is, you know, clinging to uh, the fact that this is somebody that I am investing, you know, time and love and emotion or thoughts, yeah. whatever pieces of me into and it doesn't I mean for lack of better phrasing it doesn't matter because they haven't gone on their journey yeah right um so it's left me with a lot of damage definitely Mm. (laughs) but um I like to think of them as bruises they do get better they go away um and yeah I mean it's heavy yeah it is it is a lot to learn but you you do get there um, and like I said, uh, you just, you get faster at recognizing it. Yeah. It becomes like an, an extra sense. Yeah. And you, like, as you say, like you, no one expects you to get it perfect, um, ever really. It's not even just about getting it perfect first time. It's, it's just ever, no one expects you to ever be yeah. perfect. Well, um, mental yeah. health, like any mental health issue, issue, like dealing with it is just like training your muscles, right? Like yeah. You have to, you have to do the work in order to get better at it. Mm-hmm. It's never just going to happen. Yeah. And well, like going back to like what you're saying, where you're now in a place where you can, you know, cut off those uh, toxic traits when you see them, that's huge because I think that's probably the hardest part because it, the, the issues are returning, as you say, and they don't always present themselves as obvious as they did back when it first began. Yes. So like you can pinpoint and say, Oh, like my dad left, but then it gets a little bit murkier when you're like, my friendship group was a little bit toxic and the things that happen with that. And then it gets even murkier when you find someone who's like 70% amazing, but has these toxic traits that are are really not compatible with who you are. Yeah. And it becomes so hard to cut that one off because it's it's a small part of them. Yes. I think that's where the real strength and, and the real value in this work comes through because it's it's really hard to cut off those those people that seem more perfect than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I mean, um, when we talk about abandonment trauma, you, you develop those attachments, mm-hmm. right? And it's even harder to let go when you realize that it's bad because you are already attached. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, separating from that kind of thing hurts. It hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, but it hurts more to hold on. And that's, that's something to recognize too. It's like, you know, doing the work and being aware of this and things like that. Um, unfortunately, neither option is a painless option. Yes. You have to recognize that either way, whether you stay in the situation that's that's toxic to you and is hurting who you are, that's going to hurt. Or whether you leave the situation, 
that's also going to hurt because of these attachments that you have and the feelings that are involved. Nothing is ever black and white. It's never going to be easy. And if you're looking for the answer of, you know, like, how do I not get hurt in this? That answer does not exist, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we have those, uh, we have that whole experience and then we have all these attachments to, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to people who you expect that you're supposed to suffer through for, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, we look at family members. Um, I've had a lot of, you know, distant relatives mm-hmm. who have questioned the fact that I've cut off certain family members, Yeah. but you know, and using the whole excuse of, oh, well, you know, they're your family, but it doesn't really matter who somebody is if they're showing you what they are right Mm -hmm. and you know if if somebody is detrimental to your mental health it's not really it's not really worth it yeah right (laughs) like um you know there's all those sayings about how like you don't get to choose your family you do get to choose your friends Mm -hmm, kind of thing mm -hmm. um and I don't believe in that yeah (laughs) I don't believe in that at all (laughs) you can you can choose you definitely can yeah Um, but yeah, like that's there's there's so much challenging sort of subjects that we've talked about, and like you know this this show has really been largely advocating for counselling. But what if counselling is just too big of a step right now that you just cannot fathom whether whether you're you know the person experiencing it, you, like you're a teenager at home and you really want to do something about it, but counselling is too scary, or whether you're the parent and um you don't want to push or like put that something like that in someone's head because of the stigma attached. What are, what are some smaller steps that you can take before counseling? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of self-help, uh, self-help um, articles and books and everything out there. Um, if you're not ready for counseling, uh, trying to talk to like a like-minded friend or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that you feel that you can trust in that way. Um, there's also, I mean, there's a lot of people that are that, that uh, support network doesn't exist for them. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that's especially when counseling becomes more the focus. Um, But at the end of the day, like the more you talk about something, the easier it gets. Yeah. So what's what's next for you and your journey and where you're at (laughs) Uh, in terms of mental health? um, I mean, so. Uh, back in December, I actually haven't seen my counselor since December. And that (laughs) was uh, because um, when I went in for that session, she just, she's, you know, we talked about things that had been going on because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen her in a month at that point, mm-hmm. kind of recaught or caught her up on everything. I, I did have a pretty devastating thing happen uh, about three weeks before I saw her mm-hmm. and I handled it really well. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw her, she told me, she's like, you know what, book appointments with me when you feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's maintenance for you me. Just, yeah, you're just at your your case. Like you, yeah. You, <laughs> so now whenever just, you reach the certain amount of case, you go in for your checkup. I like, yeah. I like it. This, yeah. Yeah. So I'll see her at my next oil change, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, what's next for you in in terms of your career and everything? You you're quite a prominent singer here in Vancouver. People love going to your shows. Mm-hmm. Triumph Entertainment karaoke is always a good time. But further to that, you're also a performer. I know you recently did um a live show with Cusick um and shared your story um there as well like what what's next for you where do we see you next that's a great question um (laughs) I think uh because of uh COVID and you know it's kind of shut my industry down at the moment and so we're all kind of recovering from that um I'm hoping to get back into it and to you know bring up a whole bunch of new bigger and better shows um 
I do have a couple venues that I have been speaking with, which uh, are pretty exciting. So I guess we'll see how those pan out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, through quarantine, I have been exploring with, uh, with songwriting and yeah. um, collaborating with other artists who are also trapped at home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is really exciting. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing like what you're going to do next. And if you guys want to like catch up with that, you can also go to triumphant.ca as well as um, her Instagram things. But Brandy, are, are you there? There with us as well did you have I am here I'm hiding in the shadows with my muton (laughs) I was just gonna say you had a really great point about how it's hard sometimes to reach out for counseling um there's a lot of great apps out there now where you can actually text counselors so there's like different hotlines where young people especially if they're feeling really awkward about talking on the phone with someone they don't know they can actually text but you have to make sure that they're vetted um so Mm -hmm. doing doing your research and looking at proper places there's um an app called lifeworks for example and they have thousands of counselors that are vetted across the world from all things to like you were talking about abandonment but they were also anything from like eating disorders to harassment addiction etc where they can they can text counselors so if they're really not ready for a conversation so I just wanted to jump in and and that is such a thing yeah like I I like texting's way way less yeah intimidating (laughs) that's awesome yeah Yeah, being able to open up that dialogue for sure, especially like I even I some days I'm like, oh, I'm grumpy and I don't want to talk to my friend on the phone, but I just want to text a bunch of angry gifts and be like, oh, I'm so angry today. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need an outlet and you don't always want to share too much. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I totally have days like that where I do just want to text, but then I realize that what I've got is a lot and I just my thumbs don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But to each their own, right? Um, Communication in whatever way is the most effective for you is uh, important mm-hmm. yeah and th- I really appreciate you sharing because it's not not easy for everyone just to tell their story and be very open and vulnerable and all that and that's kind of what the goal of the show is because it's mm-hmm. I think I think if we all knew each other's you know our bs and all the things that we've gone through and all the stuff that's in our head and all the trauma that we've all gone through if we if we were able to share that more freely we I think people would feel less pressure and there'd be less stress and anxiety because we'd all just know that everybody around us is going through something or has been through something, you know, exactly. It's so nice that you did that. So I really appreciate it. And I have this question that I like to ask everyone at the end of the show. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Imagine if the whole world had to stop for one minute and listen to a piece of advice that you had to give for the entire world. What would your one piece of advice for the world be? Um, (laughs) (laughs) The biggest thing is, um to slow down and be kind yes that's my favorite I love when people say be kind yeah (laughs) oh that was fantastic Rebecca you're the most amazing co-host ever you're just I just I just want to you're amazing at what you do and Tashana you're incredible as well thank you so much for for talking to us and being open and vulnerable and letting us hear your story and share it with everyone yeah thank you for having me thanks Brandy I hope to see you. Uh, I hope to meet you in person one day, Shoshana. And um, Rebecca, hopefully I'll see you same time, same place next week with everyone else here on Team Wealth Radio. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. 